Hey, this is Pastor Jack C., Pastor Michelle Pigeon, West Houston Christian Center, and this is Living With Purpose. And we encourage you to get your Bible, get a notebook, take some notes. Pastor Michelle and I are endeavoring to talk about what does the Bible have to say about marriage. Living with purpose in marriage. Absolutely. And we believe that there are keys or tools that God gives us. You know, just like a mechanic has specific tools to fix a car, there are specific tools to fix marriage. And uh, God is not a, a vicious God that's playing hide and seek with the keys that we need. He very plainly and lovingly spells them out in His Word of, you know, if we base our marriage on these principles, we'll have a successful marriage. If we don't place our marriage on these values and on these commands, then it can be a little bit rough. And uh, Pastor Michelle and I have seen, you know, we've been in full-time ministry for 26, 27 years, uh, and we've been senior pastors now for three years, and uh, it's just amazing to see there is such an assault on the family, but specifically on the marriage. Yes, and it's because, and I said this last time, so go back and see some of the other broadcasts, but marriage is one of God's divine arranged ordered covenants, and it has power and protection and blessing, and it has, um, you know, significant, um, just, just, just sweet connections and all sorts of things. But before I say anything more about that, I just want to say God's way is perfect. And so this covenant between a man and a woman is a perfect thing that he's created, but the enemy is out to destroy it. And so we want to encourage you so that you understand the purpose of marriage and can protect your marriage or believe God for a protected, blessed marriage. Yeah. You know, believe it or not, we live in a generation right now that don't really believe that two people have to be married, that, you know, that they can live under the same roof, that they can um, you know, live as if they were married without being married. And, and usually the comment is, is, well, what do I need a piece of paper for? What do I need that to, you know, if I love somebody? You know, and there's, there's a truth to that. But if you really, really, really loved them, there is no possible way, even more than physical intimacy, there is no way to get any closer to another person than to marry them. If you really loved them, you'd marry them. That's powerful. And I want to talk just a little bit today about um, the order of covenant. And I know we have a couple of different things to share, but I want to say something really interesting. The word covenant doesn't show up until the story of Noah. But in the very beginning, he establishes what he is saying by saying, it's not good for man to be alone, creates this man, tries to figure out, well, it's not God figuring out, just shows him every animal and lets him name them. So he's showing him what he would be suitable with, and it's not an animal. It's good. And so then he says, it's not good for man to be alone. He puts him to sleep and he takes woman out of man. So he has this one being with all male and female inside of it, and he separates them into two. And they are two, because they were one flesh, in marriage become one flesh. It's a serious, beautiful covenant. And to say it's not important and we don't need to become one flesh, you will be so limited and lack so many of the blessings of God to just look at it as some kind of partnership where you give me and you give me, and if you don't give me, I leave you. Nonsense. No, that's good. And you know, there's a lot of people that are maybe single watching this. And you know what? You're not any less of a person or any less complete than someone that is married. That's true. Amen. God created you. He's the most purposeful being ever. And right where you are right now, you can be experiencing, you're not missing anything by not being married. Correct. All marriage does is it's adding to you 
um, the ability to really, marriage is the greatest way to find out how selfish you really are. <laughs> it's a great opportunity to find out, you know. And it's a great way to learn about God and the church because how God loves the church is how a man's to love a woman and, and likewise, vice versa. It's it's just a very powerful union that, that depicts the church yeah. and, and and their love for God and God and his love for the church. So I think it's just something he wants you to experience if you'd like to experience it. And if you don't want to experience it, he'll do that with you. He'll be your husband. Yeah. He loves you. Notice that he didn't create them married. He created them single first. And That's so Very good. there's covenant in the midst of that. Yes. And there's wholeness. But what we're talking about today really is, is there a divine order in the family? And uh, I like where Michelle just went. You know, if you go all the way back to creation, God, uh, when he spoke into existence, I think 10 times he spoke and said, either, you know, starting off with light in me be, and he created with light. And I think seven times he came back and said it was good. And God put everything in order. Aren't you glad that before he put humans onto the planet that he put air? Aren't you glad before he put water, um, you know, that he put um, he didn't put everything out of order so that the minute that something came into this earth that it died because it didn't have what it needed to survive. God is the most purposeful being ever, and everything that he did, and this is what he's been doing for eternity, is there is so much, you know, even just the position of the sun mm -hmm. to the earth, just how if that was a few feet away, we would freeze to death. If it was a few feet closer, wow. we'd all burn up. Yeah. This wonderful thing called gravity, which keeps us from being slung off the planet. Everything that God did, he did with a beautiful harmony. There was a song to creation. There was a melody. There was his heartbeat of what he was doing, but he did everything in order. And the very last thing he did after he completed all of creation is he took man and he put them in the, uh, in the earth and he planted and put there a garden. That's really powerful. Order keeps you blessed and safe. Like I was just thinking about if you were at a red light and there was no order and everyone was just going, you would not be blessed or safe. So disorder leaves you unprotected and unblessed, That's if that good. makes sense. But God's original intent is is very important for us to look mm -hmm. into. So I just wanted to look into the, the what we call the law for first mention. It's kind of where we see God's first purpose or heart about something. The first time a spiritual principle is spoken, it, it becomes the principle of God's heart that he's conveying throughout the Bible. And if you look at the, the first time that we see the word covenant, and I slightly mentioned this in some previous broadcasts, I believe, it's in Genesis, um, uh, nine, but beforehand, he is basically saying that because of the fall of Adam and Eve, now he created order and perfection in the very beginning, but because of the fall of Adam and Eve, it says in Genesis 6, 5, that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. It had progressed to this point. And the Lord has, was actually saying that he was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man. It was like he was going to bring order again. And he did so through one man who found grace, and this is also in, in six, chapter six of Genesis verse eight. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. So then when we skip down to verse 18 and we see the word, I will establish my covenant with you, we see the word covenant for the first time. God is establishing his covenant with Noah, but Noah first had to 
Find grace in his eyes first had to be someone who was a just man. You, you, if you receive, let me just say it, when Jesus died, he bestowed to us the biggest grace of being reconciled to God. So if you've received Jesus, you're walking in his grace and you are just because it's just as if you never sinned because you've repented and received your savior to make you in right standing with God. So we can be like Noah and bring order into our world. In the beginning, there was order. That's the way God created everything. And then sin, all sin leads to death, but sin brought disorder and it got worse and worse and worse until he had to wipe it out and bring back order. So the first time we see God moving to bring order is in covenant with us. He wants to establish a covenant, wipe out the disorder and start over with covenant. Isn't that yeah, powerful? Yeah, so good. You know, in the absence of order is chaos. And I want to just show you something in the book of Jeremiah uh, 4.23. And this is a great depiction of what the earth was like before God spoke. It says, I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without form and void. And the heavens, they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and indeed they trembled. And all the hills moved back and forth. I beheld, and indeed there was no man, and all of the birds of the heavens had fled. I want you to notice that when there's order, there's life, there's joy, there's prosperity. There's, a, there's an open flow, an open heaven over us. But when we're out of order, that's where chaos comes from. That's where lack comes from. That's where strife comes from. That's where a lot of, you know, the, the, the whole issue in our world today is that we're out of order. And, you know, why do we have wrecks on the freeway? It's because two people are trying to occupy the same space at the same time. They're out of order. And when our marriage gets out of order, when the family, the way that God created it, see, God knows best. God is not trying to keep things from us. Right. He is the author, and I like um, Jimmy Evans, who said this in one of his marriage teachings, God is the author of fun. Yeah. He created it. He created fun. He made fun. He made fun for Adam and Eve. He said, here, you're going to have the time of your life. I'm going to build these walls, these boundaries, and if you'll stay in these boundaries, you're going to have so much fun. But the problem when sin enters in is that we want to jump that fence because we think Satan always is telling you that there's more fun on the other side of that fence, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. Yep, and and just in my little, I'm, I, I want to connect so much to this, but I feel like the Lord is just also saying, as you go on with that story of Noah, that he then blessed him. Yeah. He basically wiped the flood, wiped out everything yeah. outside of the disorder. Like right. he put him in the boundary of the ark. Right. I'm just connecting Protected it to what you're him. saying. And so he put him in the safe place of order and wiped out all the disorder. Now Noah had to do his part first though. He had to build the ark. And this is important because we have to do our part right. in our covenant with him. We have to do it's our part so to read his word, meditate on it, observe to do it, speak it. And we have to do our part in marriage. We can't just expect the other person to always do everything. And sometimes we have to lay down our life in covenant when, when the other is rejecting God or not doing right or and do what's right and speak what's right and speak over that person and kind of fight in the spirit for them. Fight for them instead of going, I quit on you. You're not you're not perfect. You yeah, know? that's good. Yeah, and bring order back if there's disorder in our spouse's life. Love them enough to bring that order back. It's so good. So just like in the beginning when God said, light in me be, the whole foundation of what we are living, breathing, smelling, drinking, and tasting today the foundation of it was God's presence. 
when Genesis chapter 1, when God said, light in me be, he wasn't speaking the sun into existence because the sun doesn't show up for a few more verses or chapters. What he's saying was, is my presence, God's presence is the foundation for everything. And so wow. when I bring that forward into my marriage, and this is going back to covenant, when we let that light be in our marriage and let that be the foundation of everything that we do, then that will really, really help us stay in order. Wow, that's really good. I'm having my own heavy revy mm -hmm. right here. Yeah, he. we just have to let him in sometimes, don't we? We yeah. just have to let him in. And, and once again, I'm bringing up the story of Noah just to say, um, Noah let him in. Noah, Noah loved God. Noah Amen. walked with God. Yeah. And then when, when God established, or what established actually means to fix, or it actually means to make succeed. When God made Noah to succeed by making this covenant and brought back order, he gave him, a, he gave him promises. He told him to be fruitful, multiply, and blessed him. And then he um, gave him like a a significant um, symbol, yeah. which was the rainbow. And the rainbow was to say, I promise you, you can count on me. Every time you see it, remember. And he wants us to remember him. He doesn't just want us to invite him in. He wants us to constantly run back to him. Remember him. He will be there. He will keep his promises. He wants to bless you. He wants to protect you, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think about how when you get married, you make a covenant, and then sometimes we forget what we even said unless we watch the wedding video. Yeah. You know, And then we wear this ring, but we even forget that it has symbolic Absolutely. Um, purpose to say, I am married. Even in this world today, even with all the chaos, most people know that if you have a wedding ring on, you're married, yeah. right? You know? Yeah. I'm just thinking back, you know, I wasn't always saved. And those were, there were the occasional weddings that you went to. And you went to these people's wedding, and they were hard partiers. And, you know, they had the bachelor party the night before, the bachelorette. And everybody just got rip-roaring drunk and, you know, just total, you know, just let the flesh flow. But then you go into a church service for one hour and everybody tries to act holy. And, That's true. That's you know, funny. we all want to get married in a wedding, you know, in a church, you know, in front of a minister. And, you know, how somehow that makes it legal. And then as soon as you say, I do, you go into the next room and you get everybody rip-roaring drunk again. Mm. You're going to be out of order. <laughs> You're going to have some problems. Because just going to God as just wow. the marriage person, as just, you know, somehow symbolically saying, well, I got married in a church, that's really not the basis of the marriage. The basis of the marriage has to be a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, we're going to get into that a little bit as we move forward with this. But the most important thing, first and foremost, God does not take two... Disorder comes when two half people get married thinking that they're yes. going to make a whole. Yes. And what really, really happens, and this is I go back and encourage my people, my friends that are, that are believing God for a spouse, which is a godly biblical thing. You know, we want to make sure that we've done everything that we know to do to make ourselves that we want to be in a place of wholeness, that we want to have spent the time with God that we need to, to make sure that I've dealt with all the things in my life. Because I don't, I don't want to bring a bunch of junk. You know, yeah. there were things, and I've shared this before, that that when I started dating Michelle, there were things from my past that got activated because I never dealt with them. And so you want to just make sure that you spend quality time with God. Value this time that you have together where it's just you and Him because He's going to be able to speak some things and do some things in the midst of it. And you want to both be prepared. You know, to notice in Revelation that the bride was prepared 
to come down. We want to be prepared. We want to get married for the right reasons. We want to. We don't want to do things just because everybody else, I just keep hearing this, we do things because we think this is the way that we have to do it, and this is the way that everybody else has always done it, and we, we, there's no such thing as a biological clock. There's no such thing as I'm running out of time. I mean, Sarah had a baby when she was 99 years old. I mean, time means nothing to God. So I just want to encourage you, don't settle, don't compromise. Believe God, stand. God has somebody for you that's going to that's gonna be like Michelle is to me. She makes me better. And that's how you know you're in a good marriage. She has helped make me the pastor and the man that I am today. And I just want to say this last thing, that, that, that the first time that, covenant is mentioned in the New Testament is Zechariah prophesying that God was fulfilling, that he was um, remembering his covenant, his holy covenant. And I just realized when he was talking about that, that if we go into marriage and we, and we just want that person to fill all our needs, we're so out of order. Yeah. But if we make ourselves whole with God, we get back in right order. Well, Jesus came to bring order to your life. Amen. And if we'll get in order, you can have the best marriage. And even when one of you is you know, not behaving the way you think they should behave, you can walk because you have God in you and you're, you're accepted in the beloved and you're okay with who you are. You can love them and want more for them and begin yeah. to speak the word over That's them. Good. But at the same time, you're not falling apart if they're not perfect or doing what you need or yeah. filling your need. You're whole. Jesus came to bring order, and may you receive him even today if you don't know him, because he wants you to have order in your own heart, order in your own life, so then you can even come into a marriage and have double order. That's <laughs> so good. Well, we've come to the end of the broadcast. We just want you to know that we love you. Michelle and I pastor West Houston Christian Center here in Houston, Texas. We have a great website, westhoustonchristian.com. There'll actually be some announcements at the end of the broadcast. If we can be a blessing to you, come. Come to an in-person service. God is moving here. We'd love to and, see And uh, we would love for you to be a part of it. Jesus is Lord. Yeah.